Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. This is Christmas Eve. My name is Andy Kelly. This is Water's Edge Church. We are meeting today on the beach. Typically, we meet on the chapel on 3rd Street, but we are the Water's Edge. We began meeting on the beach during the 2020 pandemic, and we enjoy revisiting there a few times a year. And Christmas Eve is one of the traditions that we love to keep out on the beach. And so it is Christmas Eve, and today we celebrate our Creator entering into creation, Jesus the one who offers truth, goodness, and beauty, the one who splits history, comes in a very small, wonder-filled package, an infant, a baby. Wonderful mystery, the incarnation, God becoming flesh. It's, it's a realization that the small things really make a big difference. They really do. And one thing we love to do as a church, one of the small things, is to have a conversation in the midst of our liturgy. And so everybody received a... Um, a flyer that contains just our liturgy for this evening. And there's a question there. One of the first questions underneath this section, starting small, it says, what is a seemingly small gesture that gives you hope, that gives you life, love, etc.? What is that for you? What's a small gesture that gives you hope, life, love? Is it someone saying hello, waking up to uh, dishes being done? What is it? Um, is it somebody helping you carrying groceries to your car? What is it? A seemingly small gesture that gives you hope, life, and love. I'm going to start by reading a little bit of our scripture today. It says, uh, well, the preamble is this. It's the night of the Lord's birth, Luke 2. Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So here we have, in this gentle setting, a tired carpenter, a young teenage mom, and this lowly small infant, born on the barnside segment of someone's meager home. But that's not just it. Meanwhile, verse 8 says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks. This is shepherds, the ancient world's most common profession, that are just doing what they've always done. Keep look after sheep at night. And out of nowhere, the skies opened up, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them and says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. For in the town of David, Bethlehem, the Messiah is born. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the skies open up even further. And, and cue Linus, where you hear the heavenly hosts sing and, and united voices. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, those who peace on those whom God's favor rest. I think what we miss in all of this. A very familiar passage is that it happens in obscurity. All of this is happening in what we would call obscurity. The most commonplace, an unimportant place during a very insignificant time. God arrives and stays a while. God abides. And, and Christmas reminds us that God shows up in the most common of places. So as we want to continue our conversational energy, here's a 
somewhat vulnerable question. What are the areas of your life or even aspects of your day where you feel or that feel absent of God's divine presence? What areas of your life or aspects of your day feel absent of God's divine presence? I think another way to reframe this is what is an unsuspecting place in your orbit where God wants to visit you? Is it holding a child, a baby at 3 a.m. in the morning? Maybe you have your own child. Is it that 15 minutes into your workday where your to-do list feels just crushing? Is it numbing 27 minutes scrolling through social media before bed? Is it you pulling into your driveway before coming home to a busy night? Shift part two. Maybe ordering a coffee, talking to family on the phone, walking a dog. What may be the most boring or increasingly difficult or even depressing part of your day where God wants to let you know that God is there? That's a question to ponder. As you ponder that, I want to think about the shepherds from They had this sky-opening, front-seat, center-row, rock-opera moment. But what's wondrous about it is they don't stay there. They don't stay at the concert. In response to what's happened, they go to a very ordinary place, this barn side of a home, to discover God's extraordinary presence in their midst. Scripture says, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they have heard and seen, which is they've been told. So what's greater than the sky opening up is this very vulnerable setting. Mary just has a baby. I mean, I have not ever had a baby. I'm a, I'm a man. My wife has had four, and I've seen all four of them. I just can't imagine how this whole setting went down, where there's this baby who's just born lying in the animal trough, and all these strangers gather around. But what we can say about such a weird and wondrous setting, beautiful really in many ways, is that it's the little things. This child, this lowly setting, these common sheep, watchers, these shepherds, it's the little things in life that give birth to God's greatest revelations. It's the little things in life that give birth to really God's greatest revelations. It's the everyday places, everyday faces where God is searching for us as well as desiring to be found. As we think about this new year, all we need to do is trust that God is actually with us in the little places in the everyday aspect of our days. To risk that knowing the Almighty is there and perhaps to take a moment to speak an even greater wondrous risk to hear a word from the living God. We're constantly faced with choices. The question is whether you choose God or your own doubting self. The root choice is trust that at all times God is with you. And he'll give you what you most need. God says over you, I love you, I'm with you. I want to see you come closer to me, experience my joy and my, my peace and my presence. I want to give you my heart. I want to ignite your spirit. I want to speak with my mouth, see with my eyes, hear with my eyes, touch with my hands. I want you to speak with my mouth, see with my eyes, hear with my eyes, and touch with my hands. The Lord says to me, 
All that is mine is yours. Trust me as your God. I think one of the most tragic realities of the Christmas season is how tiring it can be. Rather than this seasonal crescendo, many of us feel like we're just crossing across this finish line. And an even larger bummer is that we think that the next week after Christmas is somehow going to give us miraculous rest from a year of burnout. And with that comes bad news and very good news. The bad news is simply this. This week will not give the soul rest you need so that you can go out and strive another year. The good news is you can find soul rest and it comes by making choices, even seemingly small choices to pause in your day and to look in the face of someone. Maybe to give the last five minutes of your drive to silence or to go to sleep 15 minutes earlier so that you can wake up five minutes early. To go for a walk with Jesus. It's the little things that give birth to God's greatest revelations. Rather than plan some crazy life change in the new year, what is one small choice you can make to give the king your attention? Before we end um, the gathering, we're going to end with a song, Silent Night, Lighting Candles. I just want to draw your attention to the last set of questions. It's the one that says, how can our daily lows take you to a suffering servant? Or how can our daily highs bring you praise to the giver of good gifts? How can we seek the Almighty and the mundane? I want you to think, look at those questions. Consider which one sticks out to you. And then process how you can make one small choice to give the king your attention, whether it's in your daily highs, your daily lows, or even in the mundane. I'll lead by example. I, I found breakfast to be somewhat mundane in my life. Seems like it's Groundhog's morning. Make breakfast, make a smoothie, cook eggs, serve the kids, and my wife does it too. One thing that I've has been a subtle shift is just to occupy the space that's already being taken up by conversations about what we're going to do that day or songs which are great or not so great or arguments is just to take a little time and read from a devotional, a children's devotional that I'm totally digging. And just to, just to process that as a family. At some point in my morning, mainly breakfast, which is kind of the focal point of our morning before we begin our day, is just to make this little shift because I'm trusting that it's like these little things that will give birth to God's greatest revelations, that it's these little things that will change us. So what's that for you? What's one small choice you can make to give the king your attention in the seemingly small places of your life? It really is little things in life that give birth to God's greatest revelations. So I'd love for us to reflect on that together as we sing one more song. And of course, Merry Christmas, and I hope to see you in the new year.